Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Blush. I'm Tiffany, and I'm here with my co-host Hiva. Hiva, how are you? Uh, I'm doing so well. I've been so excited to talk to you. So I just got back from Mexico, kind of, and I have two important updates for the podcast. Number one, we talked last episode with Mel about astrocartography, and she told me that the part of Mexico that I was going to was close to a Neptune line for me, and that it would feel very dreamy, both in a good way and in a bad way. And I kind of forgot about that conversation, and then my first day, day and a half in Mexico, I was like, I feel weird, like... It really felt like I was in a dream. And then I remembered that. So it was both in a good way where, you know, a dream is just blissful and happy and like la-di-da, but also in a bad way in that, you know, when you're in a dream, you don't really have like full control. Like it's like you're a little confused always in the dream. You know, it doesn't feel like you're awake. Like you're just, you're just kind of like floating It really felt like that the entire time I was there. I feel like I'm always like that. I'm just floating from one city to another in some (laughs) dreamlike bullshit state. But I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was planted in my head and that's why I felt like that. Or maybe it's really legit. I don't know. But I did think that was interesting. The other is um, P updates. Are you, is everything okay? (laughs) No, everything's great. Um, I overcame a lot of pee anxieties on this trip. Did you have to pee in front of your boyfriend or? Well, beyond that. So there were several times where we were at really remote beaches where there was like nowhere to pee other than, you know, normal people just pee in the fucking ocean because it's a vast ocean and like people pee in it. And it's, it's not like peeing in a pool. Like it's totally acceptable to pee in the ocean. It is. But I think we've also very clearly established me and you are not normal. So (laughs) no. And so the first time this came up, I mean, it was like hours and hours and he's like, I don't like just like he like got out of the water for a while. I was the only person in the water at this beach and I still couldn't pee. Finally, I mean, I had to pee so badly. I got out and there was this little like structure and I ran behind it and I squatted and I peed, which is maybe the first time of my life, not the very first time, maybe like the fifth time of my life, my entire life, including childhood, that I was able to squat and pee somewhere. That's kind of shocking, honestly. Honestly, I have a lot of pee issues and I've squatted and peed before. Were you drunk? Yes, I was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I've done it once that I can remember my freshman year of college with my big sister in my sorority. We showed up to our formal and like the lines for the bathroom were so long and she's like, let's run behind the building and pee outside. That's the one time I remember doing it, but that was before my pee issues got as bad as they did. Yeah, you're right. I've always been drunk, so it's just like the walls have come down and I and when you're drunk and you have to pee, it's a different level of pee. It's like I will piss myself. Like this is not a joke. And then so I was really proud and impressed with myself for doing that, and then the very last day I um peed in the ocean. I thought you were going to say I peed on him and I was like, "Whoa." And <laughs> I mean, he was pretty close to me, so like... You kind of did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I will say I'd had a drink. 
Does Aussie know the level of drama with your pee stuff? Is Does he realize? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we talk for... He also knows about all my poop stuff. We talk about it very, very openly. But also, even if you didn't know, you would notice that I'm like in the bathroom for a full hour and haven't pooped. So <laughs> like there would be times where I'd come out and be like... He'd be like, did you poop? And I'm like, nah, just peed. He's like, oh, what in the world? I'm like, what the fuck? What were you doing in there? That's what guys always say to me. <laughs> what are you doing in there? Trying to pee. What do you think I'm doing? Like 1% of the time there's urine flowing. The other 99% is me doing mental gymnastics to try to get myself to pee. Guys need to stop asking, what are you doing in the bathroom for so long? Like, what do you think? Like, I'm sitting there like burning it down. Like, clearly I'm trying to pee. Also, it's so rich because most men take like 45 hours to poop. I don't think they're just pooping in there. I think there's other things going on. What do you think is going on? I think sometimes guys go and jerk off. (laughs) That's a suspicion that I've had for a while. And I'm not saying every guy, but I do think there has been situations where I've been dating someone specifically. I'm thinking of one person where I think when he was using the bathroom, it wasn't pure intentions. It wasn't just to poop. (laughs) I have no evidence, but when I asked when he was masturbating, I wasn't getting a clear answer. The only time mm. I can think of that he was alone, but then it's like, are you masturbating in the smell of your own shit? I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, so do you think they poop first, then masturbate? I don't know. I can't wrap my mind around it because the thought of it honestly makes me sick. <laughs> But I didn't know when he was masturbating and he would just spend so much time in the bathroom that like there was just suspicions, you know, like what's going on in there? Are you just shitting for an hour? In all fairness, I take forever to poop, but like I have problems. So (laughs) you have legitimate issues. So like you're an exception. On that note, this is kind of our, well, it's not kind of, it's our one year of doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Technically, the one year has already passed, but this is when we're choosing to celebrate our one year anniversary. We're that couple. It's kind of like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know, sometimes you're busy, you have work shit, whatever, and you have the one year anniversary dinner at a later point. This is when we're choosing to celebrate it. We thought we'd go over some of our favorite episodes. I mean, there I don't know if they're our favorite favorite, but just I guess some episodes that if you haven't listened to, maybe go back and listen. And they're in no particular order, right? None at all. No. The first one, which is episode 12, the Mr. Blush pageant, which I can't believe we did that, honestly. I know. I know. How awkward. I should send it to Egypt. He's engaged, by the way. I remember you telling me that, which is good for him, I guess. Yeah, so Mr. Blush Pageant, I love that episode. I really enjoyed doing the Vagina Stories rankings. I thought your Mr. Blush Pageant was hilarious. And then, well, you kind of got into this deeper thing that I thought was so beautiful. And if anyone hasn't listened to the episode, definitely go back and listen to it. I mean, sure, there's some inside jokey things, but even if you're new to the podcast, I thought the speech that Tiffany gave, it was just 
was perfect for wrapping up the year and starting a new year with a new mindset. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, if you need some pumping up, you know, there's only, there's two months left in the year, but you can make those two months your bitch. So go listen. I mean, honestly, like, I hate this pressure that I feel like, maybe it's just me, but I'm like, oh my God, there's two months left in the year. No, it's there. You still have your whole life. Like it's not just like two months to do whatever you need to do. Like you have the utmost amount of time. Maybe this is just me putting a lot of pressure on like new year and end of the year and where you're at. So like, yeah, we're talking about our one year, but hopefully this isn't triggering in any way. Like you don't, it doesn't matter. Like it's your own journey and process. The the dates have nothing to do with it. Yeah, for sure. And all of these dates, by the way, are completely arbitrary and human created and they mean literally nothing. The only purpose is to be able to communicate with each other and like set a time that makes sense to both people. In a grander thing, I think sometimes we have this tendency to be like, next year I want to do this or like, you know, starting January 1st, I'm going to do this or even smaller increments sometimes like, oh, next week I'll start like, you know, meditating every day or tomorrow I'll start doing this. None of this shit matters. If you want to do something, start it right fucking now. Yeah. There's no timeline that you have to go on. It's your own timeline. And maybe this is just me projecting right now, but I feel like I thought of that the other day. I was like, oh my God, it's almost the end of this year. And then I started spiraling a little bit and it's like, no, that doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And I hate those memes that are like two months left in the year, make them count. Like, no, you make your life count. Like, leave me alone. Yeah, like, fuck off. So the next episode is episode 17, Dimming the Lights, which this actually is one of my favorites because we talk about something that I've personally not only experienced, but also done a lot, which is gaslight. It might be my favorite episode because A, we talk about something that's so important. Uh, Almost everyone has experienced gaslighting in one way or another. And a lot of the time you don't realize it. But really what was most profound in the episode was that as we're going down the list, Tiffany and I realized how much we do it. I think the thing is with gaslighting is everybody does it, right? If you can acknowledge that you've done it or you have those tendencies, it's so much better than when you're doing it and not realizing at all that you're doing it. That's when it gets scary. And honestly, for me, it kind of hits at this deeper thing, which is that I feel like we pay so much attention to other people's toxicity, removing yourself from toxicity, but we don't pay that much attention to ourselves. Like, what if you're the toxic one, you know? Like, I remember reading something. It's like, oh, do you have toxic friends? And I was like, fuck, am I the toxic friend? Like, am I? <laughs> but <laughs> should I take a look internally? I think me and you do that a lot. And I think a lot of my friends do that, but sometimes I've dated people that have a very hard time looking inward. The next episode that we would recommend is episode 28, Do You Need a Private Investigator? Where do we even start with this one? <laughs> I honestly don't even... Oh, I think it was a Q&A okay. episode. That's right. It was a Q&A episode. But what came out of it was the Blush Private Investigative Services that has a very niche role of figuring out if someone you are dating is now dating your sibling or oh if your ex is dating your sibling's ex that was yes. its very niche yes. role and we, one of the questions that you know it, that we got asked was how do you feel about my boyfriend watching porn which was one that we had very strong feelings towards wanting more mm-hmm. sex 
from your partner. Speaking of porn, I watched porn for the first time with a guy. Oh, I've been really wanting to do that. Okay, tell me everything. Well, we watched lesbian porn. Actually, we watched a few different kinds of porn, but it was more of just like, oh, let's watch something. And I was like, well, let's just watch it. But it didn't I really realized it just doesn't do anything for me. Like you didn't get turned on. No, I did not. Did you laugh? Because porn's kind of like awkward and cheesy. I did laugh a lot. I was making a lot of jokes. I had a lot of commentary. I had thoughts and just overall strong opinions about performances. Yeah, but it was more like watching a movie, just like a regular movie than like watching like sex. I just couldn't take it that seriously. So I always want to watch porn with Ozzy, but I think if we did, we would just laugh. Like, I don't think it would be a sexy experience for us. No, it wasn't a sexy experience at all, but it was just fun to watch something. Wouldn't like not recommend it, but I feel like there are couples that like watching porn together and it's like a thing for them. I guess it's just not for me, which is fine. Yeah, fair enough. The question we specifically got asked though was how do you feel about my boyfriend watching porn not with me which honestly at this point prefer that probably but like (laughs) so episode 32 which is looking like shit and talking shit which is us just trying to normalize basically being trash (laughs) yeah it was a long list of things that we wanted to normalize um i think it was really important uh you know i sometimes think that we're doing the lord's work (laughs) just Oh, God, I'm sorry. That's offensive. It really, honestly, yeah, it's really offensive. No, but I do think it's really important to normalize a lot of things. Like, I just think it's wild that there's still shame and taboo around talking about normal things like sex, poop, pee. I mean, we all do these things, or at least most of them, you know? And the fact that there's weirdness around talking about it, it just blows my mind. It's 2021. Like, we should be able to talk about these things openly and freely and with no shame and it shouldn't be this like haha thing it should be as normal as talking about what you ate at lunch I agree with you and I think sometimes it's guys that make it like a weird thing too like I feel like guys say something then we get super sensitive about it like if they're weird about our periods or like pooping or like whatever and then that gets so in our head and it's often not like the guy that you're around right now right it's like some dude in the fifth grade said something and then you've carried all these years of shame and trauma but I think right now I just am so open about these things and it's hardly ever met with anything other than embrace from guys that I'm dating now you know sometimes my mom thinks it's wild that I just talk about poop so openly but she's from a different generation so a thousand percent and we did touch on like looking like shit as well which yes I've gotten so much better but I mean and we talk about this like just deep insecurities of for me it's a makeup like not wearing makeup in front of a guy which I do now but it took me a beat to get to that point I mean I have Mm -hmm. stayed the night at a guy's place with a full fucking face of makeup on like I didn't sleep because I didn't want my Mm -hmm. fake lashes to come off and he knew it too he was like you literally didn't sleep all night and in my head I'm like yeah because my lashes would have just been like hanging off and I knew we were gonna like go get breakfast the next day and I didn't bring my glue with me like it was just like it was like panicking (laughs) I was spiraling so I just I pulled it on all nighter so I can have like beautiful lashes 
in the morning. And that's crazy. It's crazy. Dudes aren't doing any of this stuff. Could you imagine? You know? <laughs> when in society did even the Otis become on us to wear makeup? Like, I know many men who need more makeup than I do, frankly. Instantly look at a guy's dark circles. And I'm like, you could use some concealer, sweetie. <laughs> I've gotten a lot better with it. But I still, when I'm not wearing makeup, I still feel like I look like shit. Like, I can't help that. My big thing, I've talked about this before, is mascara. So that's really like mainly the only makeup I wear. It's very rare that I wear anything else. But when I have mascara on, I feel pretty. And when I don't have mascara on, it's not that I just don't feel pretty, or at least it used to be this way more so. I feel actively ugly. Now, I wear mascara so rarely now that I'm starting to get used to the way my face looks without it. And so it's less extreme now. But it really, it was for a long time, it was like, I can't be seen in public without it or like if I was out in public like good god did I not want to run into someone that I knew yeah I mean I wear massive sunglasses when I go out and I'm not wearing like a full face of makeup it's actually quite obnoxious but I just <laughs> I I don't feel great and I just want to hide my face and even when I go somewhere where no one is going to know me, it's like me. It's nothing to do with anybody else, but it's just it's still a deep insecurity. Honestly, like this isn't our fault. This is society's fault. And I do think that we should push against it. But we also have to acknowledge where it came from. You know what I mean? I just I hate. I feel like I'm not conveying what I want to say that well, but I know girls who like, you know, like vegan woo woo girls who stopped wearing makeup and like stopped doing hair removal and are all natural, which I think is great and beautiful. But then they're sometimes judgy towards people who are doing those things. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, this is like society pushed it on you. Okay, great. Society pushed it on you. But like, don't be judgy towards someone who's actually then a victim of that societal push. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think like, I think makeup is great. I think all these things are great. Whatever makes you feel good. I don't know. I'm kind of talking in circles now. No, I get what you're saying. And I hate to call her out right now, but it's not like she listens to this podcast. But like when Alicia Keys did that whole like, I'm not wearing makeup bullshit yes maybe I was the only one that felt this way I felt really insecure because I was like look it's not that I want to spend an hour pounding makeup onto my face I have blemishes I have acne like I have weird spots on my face that like I just feel insecure about like I have hair that I need to like still tweeze out from like my sideburns that when I put foundation it like makes it look a little bit better and like I have under eye circles like I just have things that mm -hmm. like I don't like and that aren't normalized at all and so I want to cover it and if I had Alicia Keys's skin do you think I'd be spending hundreds of dollars to cover this shit no I wouldn't like I'm not a fucking idiot but it's like I have these things and I want to cover them so my skin can look like hers when she's not wearing anything but I mean right. like, Alicia Keys I'm sorry she has access to some of the best dermatologists some of the best fucking skincare mm -hmm. to like the best fucking diet I don't have that I mean could I put more effort yeah of course I've actually cut back on drinking significantly and I've noticed a difference that's made on my skin but like at the end of the day I also mm -hmm. have hormonal acne like I can't fully fucking help it oh god yeah me too you know like I just 
do. And yeah. I just break out sometimes and I have old blemishes and it's like, don't fucking shit on me for like not wanting to like display that shit, you know? And I mean, it would be ideal if we lived in a world where these things were normalized, right? Where like, it would be normal for everyone to embrace the fact that we all have blemishes and spots and this and that. And that's just a normal thing. Like it is for men, like men feel no need to cover that shit up when they have it. But at the end of the day, we don't live in that world. And I don't think shitting on someone who isn't like elevated beyond the world that we live in is productive to anyone. No, it's not. And it's like, I think we would all love to go without makeup. It's just some of us don't have that luxury. Yeah. And the last one was episode 40. So kind of sort of recent, which was pick me girls, pubic hair and the pattern. I love this episode. Um, It came out right after Tiffany and I had to take two weeks off to go get uh, our pubic hair waxed. Good God. (laughs) I wish that was a joke, but it's actually dead fucking serious. We give you a play-by-play of it and the episode. We also talk about a really important issue, in my opinion, called Pick Me Girls and, you know, how we should all just stop with our Pick Me Girl behavior. We all have Pick Me Girl habits. If you don't know what a Pick Me Girl is, definitely Mm -hmm. listen to the episode. Um, I'm sure we all know a Pick Me Girl. You might be a Pick Me Girl. It's It's such a thing right now. I'm seeing it all over social media. So it's it's good to be in the know. And I think we all knew the concept. It just, it may not have had a word until recently. And I'm glad that it has a word now so that we can talk about it more. Yes. And speaking of social media, we thought we would talk a little bit about Instagram. And honestly, I think that Instagram is one of those things where a lot of people want to be more active on Instagram, whether it's that you have a small business that you need to promote or you're thinking about some kind of side hustle and growing Instagram would be helpful. Or maybe you just have something that you're passionate about and you want to share it on Instagram or like maybe you want to be a full-blown influencer, whatever it is. I think a lot of us actually want to be more active on Instagram, but it's really overwhelming to start. 100% agree. And I talk to people all the time that will say that to me. They're like, yeah, I want to post this or I want to do this on Instagram. And I just... And then it kind of fades away. Like, I don't know, like, or I just, and I think you nailed it. It's that it's overwhelming and you don't know where to start. And so then I think in anything, when you don't know where to start, you're just like, well, I won't start that. Yeah, exactly. Especially with something that's so saturated and it feels, I'm not going to speak for other people, but Tiffany, I'm curious to see if you agree. When I first started posting on Instagram, I would get these intense like shame pangs where I'd kind of be like, it would be kind of imposter syndrome where I'd be like, who the fuck do I think I am like posting this? A thousand percent. I felt the same exact way. I started during quarantine. And so for me, I think I use that as kind of an excuse. I mean, it was, but I think I latched onto that because it justified it a little bit more, even though I'd always wanted to do it. Like, it's not like it spurred into my head just because of quarantine. It was in the back of my mind. And then quarantine was just sort of like having the time and it was a good excuse. Yeah. And honestly, the original intention with this episode was to have some kind of like, quote unquote, expert on about Instagram growth or whatever. But Tiffany pointed out that a lot of them 
people have different advice that like sometimes is either really obvious or sometimes isn't really vetted. Like none of us actually know how the Instagram algorithm works other than people who work there, presumably. So people who say that they're kind of an expert, like maybe they're right. I don't know, but maybe they're not. And so we thought a more interesting and helpful angle to take would be to just talk about you know, overcoming this um, fear and resistance towards starting, I thought it would be really interesting to hear from Tiffany because she's gone through it. She, you know, I was thinking, okay, who could we have on who's grown their Instagram pretty rapidly, who, you know, understands having a target audience and having a niche and who understands the importance of consistency and yada, yada. And then I was like, oh, wait, Tiffany knows all these things. So like, why don't we have Tiffany share? (laughs) And I... I mean, you post the most beautiful fucking videos that honestly, I want to do video content. It's crazy because I went to film school, but for whatever reason, I get so overwhelmed and almost intimidated by doing it. So I want you to share how you kind of got over that because I don't think it matters what your background is when you're doing something and you're doing it so publicly. It is intimidating and it is kind of scary. But I mean, your videos are amazing and they're only just getting so much fucking better too. Thank you. Yeah, I would agree that they're getting better. I mean, I look at some of the early ones and I really cringe, but I feel like with each one that I post, I like learn something new or there's something new that I pay attention to. So there are little things that I think keep getting better. So thank you. Yeah, I think that's the thing, though, that you just said, too, and that what I've really learned, and I worked in social media, but I worked, I mean, I've, I do consulting as well, and I've worked in social media, but, like, working for or working for someone else or, like, an entity is so much different than when you're just doing it for yourself, and you're making yourself yeah. the product, essentially, because... It's tough to like look at yourself as like, I mean, there's so much going on within us. You know what I mean? How do you like make yourself so Mm -hmm. like put yourself in a box? But I think the reason why I always had this hesitancy, and I don't know if you can relate to this, Hiva, but like I saw what other people were doing on like social media and I just didn't feel like I fit into any of it. And it like scared me Mm -hmm. because I was like, I'm not like one of those girls that has like really cool like fashion aesthetics and post pictures of like a lamp that's just like in this like really great (laughs) lighting with like a little ornament next to it and then somehow that transitions into like a picture of her wearing some dress in like an empty room and like really high ceilings like that's just not (laughs) like it feels like every fucking bitch on instagram for some reason that's the aesthetic oh here's a watch on the floor and that transitions into my bikini photos in like tulum like where did we get like what like why is this a thing like why do we need transition pictures like i don't want transition pictures it's just fucking me okay i am transitioning myself i will say I find it so hard to take and post photos of myself. Like it's the one part of Instagram that I just loathe doing. And it really is largely a shame thing. You know, like with the food, I'm so much more comfortable now. But when I look at, God, this is so detailed and dumb. But when I look at my grid, I think it looks better when it's a little bit broken up by something that isn't food. And at the end of the the day, people like seeing the face behind something, you know? It really, it's beyond like, 
oh, like throw up your face for more likes or whatever. It's people want a human connection. So even if you have a brand, no matter what you have, I think it helps to show a face and show yourself. And you know, this is the person behind this. But when it comes to taking photos of myself, I'm so awkward. Like, I don't know what to do. And then when I throw it up. I'm like, Oh God, like this, it feels like narcissistic to me. And I just like, I just get such cringes about it even still. I mean, I feel the same exact way. And I remember when I first started, cause I just wanted to post pictures of my outfits. And I mean, I have to be in it. Like what the fuck other choice do I have? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I've gotten so used to it now that it's just become normalized. Even then, like even with like guys that I'm like dating a guy, like he'll be like, do you want to take a picture of you? And I look at him like, I literally rather die. Like, no, I don't want you taking a picture yeah. of me. Like <laughs> if you saw how many pictures it took, like you would be mortified and uncomfortable. Like <laughs> it takes so fucking many. I mean, sometimes I can get it in like six and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to fucking do this anymore. But it's, it's really scary to put yourself out there. Like no one wants to be judged. But you have to. I mm-hmm. agree with you. I, I don't think it matters if you want to post pictures of food or pictures of like your business. I think to a certain degree, you have to include yourself. I mean, you can maybe go without, but like, I do think you need that for sure. And I will say, I've seen a lot of accounts that start without, and then the moment they start showing themselves a little is when they start blowing up way more. A thousand percent. And again, I don't think it's because it's like this super hot chick or whatever. I think it's because it has that personal element. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think whenever I post anything on social media that's really personal, I always get a a bigger response than when I keep it really surface. Like I, for example, I kind of posted something a few weeks ago um, about just like, don't take what you see on social media so seriously, right? I think that's another thing. Like everything's really curated. No outfit picture. It's very rare that I actually am wearing the outfit that I'm wearing in the photo out. I'm that day even. Like maybe Mm -hmm. I I wear all the Mm -hmm. clothes, But I don't wear it necessarily like that because you have to do certain things a certain way for Instagram. Like even with food. I mean, the food that you just eat on a normal basis, it's somewhat like the food that you post, but it's not exactly the same. Or is it? Maybe it is. Okay. I will say it's pretty similar, not necessarily on a daily basis, but for example, yesterday I made avocado toast for Ozzy and it was, it looked like something I would post on my feed. Like there were like flowers. It was the whole nine. But what's really different for me is I pay a lot of attention to the colors in my grid. So like right now there's no reds in my grid and I eat a lot of tomatoes. So anything that I make for Instagram won't have like red tomatoes in them just because like the colors don't fit like stuff like that. Like it's very curated. Certain times I'll put on a dress for Instagram and I'm like, oh my God, my tits look fucking like A's right now. Literally, I remember I I put it on and I was on FaceTime with a guy and he was like, I was like, do I look okay? Something seems off. And he was like, I don't know. Your boobs look kind of small for whatever reason. And like, I don't have small boobs. So it wasn't like he was saying like in an insulting way. He was just like, for whatever reason, the dress. And I wasn't wearing a bra. There's just certain outfits that make your body 
I don't know, your boobs look small or your ass look big or, or your stomach look whatever. It just, it, for whatever reason, the design. And I was like, it doesn't look as good. And I put on a fucking push-up bra and I was like, oh, this looks a lot fucking better in photos. Am I going to wear a fucking push-up bra with this dress out? No, because in person, I look like a fucking anime character. But in the photo, <laughs> in the photo, it looked good. There's just certain things you do for social media that you're not going to necessarily do in real life. And it's curated. It's not real life yeah and we forget that like when you're on social media and you're on instagram and you're seeing people post stories or pictures or whatever like you forget that's not their life that's not like real yeah it's a highlight reel that's what it is like it's so easy to look at these wellness influencers who are like going to the farmer's market and getting fresh flowers and like you know making healthy meals and like blah blah but they're not showing you all the other times i'm not saying those things are necessarily fake but it's, you know, there's everything else. So yeah, don't be intimidated. As Heva and I are pointing out, there is a level of authenticity. I mean, these are, these are, this is food you actually, mm -hmm. these are clothes I actually wear, but we are going in with the mindset of like what looks better. And I think that's kind of a good place to start, like be authentic, but also realize that like it is an image. It is like something that you're putting out and you want it to look good. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is just, what do you like and being consistent in that? Like if there's anything that you just feel passionate about, just, I don't know, just put it out there. Like as Heva said, there's no other, there is no other time than to just start now. Like any excuse that you have in your mind, you're going to have in like a month. Yeah. And also if you're someone who like me constantly feels like, oh, like who am I to be doing this? Or, you know, that kind of imposter syndrome feeling, who is anyone else to be doing this? Like you think the people who have a million followers doing whatever, I'll, I'll take myself. So like with food stuff, like vegan food stuff, these aren't like trained culinary, you know, like fucking Michelin star chefs mainly, you know, they're, they're just some chick who someday started posting photos of her salads and then the account grew. Like none of these people have anything that you don't have. A thousand, a thousand percent. I will say the one thing I will say, if you're going to do it, if you're like, you know what, there's just something I really love, whatever it is, arts and crafts, I don't know, like food, uh, like pictures of your outfits, pictures of your fucking cat. I don't, I don't care what it is. Yeah. Whatever. Be consistent. Like if you're going to start, and I see this so much with people and I do consulting work and like people will want to talk to me and get a lot of tips and like how to go about it with posting and this. The issue is they'll start it and they'll get so discouraged because it's not that immediate reaction that they think they're going to get. And then they just stop. And it's like, if you're doing this because you want certain things out of it, then maybe right off the bat, don't do it because it's not... Yeah. You get okay. The problem with social media is you do get an immediate response where you get likes and and like replies and comments and all of that. But in terms of like a an actual growth, like a substantial like whether it's money, whether it's more followers, whether it's like sponsorships or whatever the case, that takes time. That's not going to happen after mm -hmm. like one or two fucking posts. So if like that's what mm -mm. you want, then realize you're going to have to be doing it for an extended period of time and 
everyone's time is different. Like some people do it for like 10 years until they get anything. Some people do it for six months. It's really how much time and effort you want to spend on it. And that doesn't guarantee shit. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And honestly, along with that, I'll say if it's not something that you actually enjoy, then don't do it. No. Like it should be something that you're actually passionate about. And I'm not, I'm not saying you have to enjoy every aspect of it. And some aspects take a while to enjoy Like when I first started making reels, the first five were insanely stressful. I had no idea how to edit them. I was trying different things. I, I mean, it made no sense to me, but now I actually genuinely enjoy it. Yeah. And the thing is, I spent, I was trying to think about this to talk about it on the podcast. So Ozzy's been around a lot when I've done it. And so I was asking him and we estimate probably I spend on average eight hours for one, one minute or shorter reel to go up between, you know, the cooking, the filming and the editing. And that doesn't even include like the idea stage and buying ingredients and stuff like that. So just for those stages, it takes on average eight hours. It doesn't feel like eight hours because I genuinely enjoy it now. But you know, there are things about it that'll be difficult for sure. I'm not saying you have to enjoy every single aspect, but you have to enjoy the whole thing, the whole, the general thing. You know, like I am passionate about eating food that's healthy, that's pretty, that tastes good. Like that really is my thing. And so even if I was getting literally nothing for it, and there have been times where, you know, I've taken all this time and thrown up a reel and it's gotten like a hundred likes, you know, (laughs) or, or less, or like gotten barely any views. And I'm still really proud of it. I think I did a good job and I still enjoy doing it. A thousand fucking percent. Like that, it should be coming from a place of like, you're sincerely enjoying it because yeah, there's obviously incentives involved, but it's going to take time more than likely to be realistic. And it might not be the incentives that you think it is. Like when I've done my consulting work and I've talked to people that are like starting out, they're like, well, how do I start making money? And I'm like, okay, if that's why you want to do it, then maybe just don't even fucking start. Cause like, it's not that cut and dry. And like, it's, I don't know. It's like going into any profession. It's just, you can't be in it for those reasons. Like you can't be in it for like the benefits of like financial or like whatever. Cause it's just, I don't know. Like that's just not in it for the right reasons. Yeah. You really have to be intrinsically motivated. And I mean, you know, studies show in general with anything, intrinsic motivation is the only thing that keeps you going at the end of the day, external validation, it'll fade it goes up and down. You can't rely on it. I would look at it more of like, especially when you're starting out as like a hobby. Like I I wouldn't go into it of like, oh, I'm going to quit my job and this is what I'm going to do. Cause it's just, that will drive you crazy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it is, it is like a really positive outlet. It's something that I look forward to. I mean, I love clothes so much. I never thought I would get so much clothes sent to me and be like paid to post anything. But that came from like a lot of me posting shit from my closet. I think now the past few months, like everything I post is clothes that are that I pick out. Like I do pick everything out, but that is sent to me. But that also took me putting a lot of fucking work in. 
Like it didn't just, it wasn't like post number one, like, oh, this is sent. And there's a lot of brands that like, I would love to have shit sent to me or paid that don't want to. So like, there's also a rejection in that. Like you have to kind of prove yourself almost before you can see any sort of results. Yeah, for sure. I do want to ask, you touched on your process, which is eight hours. So you go and you get the food. I'm sure you have like a recipe in mind, right? Um, This is what happens generally. I have ideas of things that I think would be cool or like something I want to eat or, you know, like for example, recently I was in Mexico and um, there was this cafe we'd go to and it would have this, it had this cute little farmer's bowl. And Ozzy was like, you could make it like it was so good. But he was like, you could definitely make this so much better. And then I had this idea for doing a series of different types of bowls with different types of ingredients. And so I started brainstorming and um, coming up with variations on bowls. And so first I just write notes down of like the types of flavor combinations that I think would be good. And then usually for real, what I'll try to do is I'll kind of storyboard it in my mind of what the different shots, different videos, et cetera, would be and like how the video will transition. It doesn't always go that way, but I do try to do it in my mind. So then I go and I buy the stuff. Alternatively, sometimes I'm just at the farmer's market and I see something cool and I'm like, oh, I I should use this and do something with this. So then I come back, I cook while I'm cooking, I'm filming, I'm taking pictures, etc. And then I go onto Instagram and I pull out, I look at songs that are used in reels and I find ones that I like. And so recently I've started doing this and I think it works better. I take the song and then I and I choose a song that I think will go with the theme that I had in mind, but then I cut the video to the song, which I think works a lot better. I have only done two. And the one that I did, I had the song in mind first and it makes a significant difference. And when you want to go back and add it, like I knew the Mm -hmm. song too. Like, I love that tip. That's such a good one. What do you use? Okay. So then you film all of it and you've storyboarded it in your head. Um, what do you use to edit and what what do you film it on? Do you film it on your phone? No, I film generally on my camera. Sometimes there's little shots I'll do on my phone. I will say, I don't think that you need an actual camera. I think iPhone cameras are so good nowadays. Like I think you can totally get by with, you know, or if you don't have an iPhone, whatever smartphone camera you have, I don't think a camera is a cost that you need to lay out in the beginning or at all. Honestly, what I do think you need, no matter what you're doing, food, no matter what else is light. A hundred percent, which you can get ring lights if you. Yeah, you can get ring lights. You can get other lights like you can get really cheap ones on Amazon. It's not a high expense, but light, I would say if you're looking at Instagram, you need light. Like photography really is the science of how you bend light. And so light is the most important thing. I agree with that. I mean, with taking pictures and lighting, the other day I was outside struggling my fucking ass off because the lighting was such shit. And there's, I can fuck with lighting a lot in Lightroom with photo editing, but Mm -hmm. there's only so much you can do. Like there's only so much. And if the lighting is really shit, it makes a significant difference. Okay, so lighting, and then when you are editing it, what do you, so you film it on a camera, you have lights, you have professional lights, 
And then what do you use to edit? So I use Lightroom for photos and I use Premiere Pro for the video editing. I used to use iMovie. Um, Premiere Pro is much more robust. I will say it is, like to say it's intimidating is an understatement. It is a mind fuck when you look at it. I watched a bunch of YouTubes. Some were more helpful than others. Lightroom, I learned how to use via YouTube. So I would highly recommend that. I ended up, um, my boyfriend is a film editor, so he kind of showed me how to use Premiere, thank God, because it is really overwhelming. There are good YouTube videos, though. It's just, it's very confusing, and I don't think you necessarily need it. I think there are probably simpler ways to do it. I think there are apps that really simplify the process. I just really enjoy learning more and having more control. Like, there are, like, uh, things other than Lightroom that people use to edit photos. But I think if you actually want to learn how to edit photos, you kind of have to learn how to use Lightroom. Yeah, I love Lightroom. I also, there's such a stigma with Facetune, but I love it mainly because it's amazing taking things out of backgrounds. And I'm really fucking OCD, like crazy OCD. And if they're like, I like taking all the light sockets out of my pictures and just having oh, a really clean, yeah. uh, you'll notice there's not a fucking socket in any of my pictures. And I'm, I take mainly at home. So like, there's just weird shit. Sometimes I'd like leave like a shoe in the background and it's like 20 pictures deep. And I'm like, fuck, I need to take this out. So, um, I think Facetune is an amazing app for cleaning up photos. I know the face thing, everyone is so scared to admit that they use it, but it's great with photo editing. And I agree, Lightroom is amazing. Also with presets. I have so many presets that I buy, some I've gotten for free, that um, storing them on Lightroom. And then you can also make your own presets, which I just love to do as well. I love Premiere now that I know how to use it and I like genuinely get excited to edit. Like the other night I finished a reel and I looked up and I was like, oh my God, it's midnight. Like, I can't believe it's midnight. Like I would have, I've never done that about anything else where I just will work. Like even in law school, even in law school, there are probably fewer than five times that I studied till midnight. Yeah. Like I just didn't care that much. Do you think editing with Premiere has made a difference on the quality of your videos and when you were editing in iMovie? Substantial. I think you can tell exactly when I started doing it if you just scroll down my feed. And what do you think specifically made the difference? If someone's like right now, like should I invest in Premiere? What was the difference that you saw? Um, I will say I would start with iMovie just because it's much more right. user friendly and then graduate to Premiere. Everything, uh, once you actually know how to use it, it actually is, it saves you a lot of time because there are certain shortcuts you can take. But color wise, there's just so much more that you can do in Premiere. iMovie is also it's limited to horizontal. So then I'd have to flip all my videos afterwards. So I'd have to like edit it horizontally. Premiere, you can set the exact specifications that you want and like little detailed things like frames per second and stuff that I honestly still don't even really understand, but it's there. Um, there's much more in the way of transitions and things like that. You could have multiple audio tracks. Um, at some point I'd like to, but I still have like cringe shame over it. I'd like to start doing some voiceovers in my cooking videos because I think that would be helpful. But um, but yeah, like I said, I still have way too much like cringe and shame over it. But so with 
Premiere, you can have multiple layers of both video and audio. So things like that are really helpful. But yeah, in terms of with food specifically, the color editing is so helpful. That's pretty much it. Those are our tips and tricks. I hope that was in some way helpful. If there's more, please feel free to slide into our DMs. Yeah, seriously, if you have any questions, whether it's technical or just kind of motivational, like overcoming that fear, because I think we all must have that, right? It can't just be you and me. No, not at all. And and like I said, I do consulting work. So if you really want to be serious about it, like, please DM me. Like, I'd be more than happy to. Um, and yeah, DM Kiva for any more technical stuff. I hope we covered enough. And I guess that's yeah. that kind of be part of our giveaway. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's our giveaway. So if you like this episode, please screenshot it, share it in your stories, tag us. Um, also if you liked this episode, please, please leave a five-star review. It's so helpful for us and we love reading your comments. Love you guys. Love you guys.